What is up? I am back. This is the second episode of Getting Mental with Brenda Sarai Zuniga. And for my paisas, Getting Mental with Brenda Sarai Zuniga. Do you guys see that? Do you guys like that little, little last one for, for all my peeps? For all my, for my gente. Woo woo! Yes, I am Mexican. Woo woo! Proud and loud and mental. So, I am back. Thank you so much for the amazing, amazing, overwhelming, beautiful response to Getting Mental with Brenda Z. I am just so grateful for everybody. Seriously, thank you so much. Shout out to George Lopez for the love and the support. You are part of the progress. You are part of the change. Gracias, Jorge. Gracias. All right, so what shall we talk about today? Let's talk about mamas. I'm just kidding. Um, actually, let's talk about mamas. That was just a joke to go back to white chicks. You know, remember, do you guys remember that movie? Let's talk about mamas or some, something like that. But actually, let's talk about family and mental health. In my family, we didn't talk about mental health. And if we did, it was with a heavy stigma. It was with a heavy emphasis on there's something heavily wrong with this person. It wasn't like, oh, this, you know, so-and-so is having depression or experiencing anxiety. You know, it was more like, ooh, or uh, in translation, that person is sad. If I had food on the table and I had a roof over my head, that was all that I needed. That was how my family looked at it. You know, my family would tell me, for all my Spanish-speaking folk out there, they would be like, Tienes comida, tienes ropa, tienes un techo, y ya, con eso, ¿pa' qué te quejas? ¿De qué te quejas? Ah, estás triste, es por un chamaco. Translation, don't be sad. No, in, in the, the real, translated in English, it was, why are you sad? You have a roof over your head, you have clothes on your back, you have food. Why, why are you sad? You're probably crying over a boy. They were right, I was, because I'm a Libra. So us Libras think that everyone's our soulmate, okay? We, as soon as, and plus I have a Venus in Scorpio, I gotta let y'all know, this is to anybody out there who wants to date me, okay? I have a Venus in Scorpio, so it's all or nothing, okay? Just letting you know, I, like, I, I want your soul, okay? When we date, I'm planning our wedding in two days. Um, I'm not crazy. <laughs> um, okay, and we'll talk about uh, attachment theory in a different episode, which I think all y'all are going to really like to hear about dating attachment theory. But I digress. Let's go back to family and mental health. So I grew up in a family where that was what they told me. You know, you have a roof over your head, you have clothes on your back. Why are you complaining? I'll never forget, I began to show symptoms of depression when I was around 13 years old. I was wanting to sleep more. I just had this dread inside me, like this like uneasy, like I just don't want to go home kind of feeling. 
I didn't feel like myself around my family. Anything I would say, they would kind of put it down. School was my escape. So at school, I was this happy and peppy and hi, Mr. So-and-so, hi, Mrs. So-and-so. And like, I was like, just so happy because school was my, you know, it was my escape. It's where I got all my positive reinforcement. Positive reinforcement is a, is a psychological term for uh, behavior that's rewarded. So, you know, or just anything that's rewarded. And so my positive reinforcement came from being a good student and and being, being kind to everyone. So I, I really sharpened that. But at home, I was being told the complete opposite. I was being told that I wasn't a good daughter. I was being told that because I, I'm so opinionated, I was not a, the way a woman was supposed to conduct herself. You know, a more docile type of woman is accepted. A more like, ¿Qué, qué, qué te gustaría de comer? which means, what would you like to eat? Like, you know, a very, um, yeah, just docile. And I, I grew up thinking that there was something inherently wrong with me because I was so loud and so hyper and so let's do this. And that's not what my, my family liked. And that contributed a lot to my depression, especially because I have a very traditional Mexican family. I was smuggled into this country when I was one year old, like a little burrito. My family, like my, my mom, she was just like, boop, like tossed me over the border to a coyote and was like, hope I see my daughter again. <laughs> I saw her, don't worry. But that is, it's a true story. My mom did give me over to a coyote. My mom was 16 at the time. And she was like, okay, I hope I see my daughter again. And my dad was here already on a visa. And so the I passed and everything. Um, and let me tell y'all, I was a really cute baby. Okay, so like, they could have totally kidnapped my ass and been like, dang, like, we keeping this baby. But no, nah, I made it. Um, so they delivered me to my dad. And everything was fine. My mom crossed over the next day through the desert. She swam, went through muddy tunnels. So my parents are paisas. <laughs> they would hate me if I freaking, if they see this, which I'm sure they will, they would hate me. No, my family, my mom was a teenager and so was my dad. So it's as if we all grew up together. They, my mom tried to be progressive, but my dad stayed very traditional. My dad, uh, my dad was very stuck on the whole, the man provides, uh, the woman belongs in the kitchen, the woman doesn't speak up, and it shouldn't be brash or, or anything like that. And it sucked, because I'm telling you, I was diagnosed with ADHD at 25, so I've always been that hyper person. I've always been one to be with so much energy and loud and sing and dance. And like, as you guys can see, I'm very expressive with my hands. I had to learn how to educate myself on mental health. I could never stop talking. <laughs> so I would always be talking to counselors. I would always be talking to teachers. I'd always be like, is this normal what's going on at home? Or <clears throat> I don't know why my voice is cracked like that, but is this normal what I'm going through at home? And what that provided me was a validation for what's going on at home is crazy. 
so that's why I always encourage everybody to talk about what they're going through because it's such a release. It's such a good release to know that you have an outlet, you know? And I had an out, I had many other outlets. I had singing, I had dancing, I had acting, I had, um, I did a lot of like volunteer work, being in service to others. And that's, that's one of my biggest passions. For those of you who know me know what a big humanitarian I am. So I had my outlets in many other ways, but there's nothing like talking to somebody and going, I'm going through all of this. What the hell, man? Like, tell me I'm not crazy. And for them to look at you and go, no, you're not crazy. Your reality is validated. We are validating what you're going through. That is so healing. And that's what helps me so much in therapy. And therapy is not just, hey, I'm always right, you know, and my therapist going, hell yeah, you are. No, hell to the nah. My therapist, shout out again, Caroline, woo, she the best. My therapist, love her. When you click with your therapist, oh, does she love to just go, okay, so I'm going to be here for you when you start to fall for the guy and doesn't work out. I'm gonna be like, what? Why? And she's like, he's warning you. He's giving you all the red flags and you are just painting them over like little trees and and you're yeah, you're you're with your little happy brush, you know, you're Bob Ross. I'm Bob Ross painting over red flags. Paint painting little happy trees over red flags. That's me. Have you guys seen that meme? Totally stealing that meme right now. So, so no, she, she's so honest with me and, and I love that and I love that. And it's also great to talk to someone and go, holy crap, look what I went through growing up and look where I'm at now. And she helps give me practical tools for me to change any behavior that might have, not might have, to change my way of thinking that would have been passed down from generations for me to break that mold and to create something different, to create new thought patterns, which is also what I do in, uh, in my company, my business, Sweet Thoughts Travel. I provide practical tools to all my clients using mindfulness, meditation, and music to create neurogenesis. Now, neurogenesis is the ability for your brain to create new neurons. And when you create new neurons, you are able to create new behaviors and thought patterns. You can rewire yourself. You can. You can absolutely break the mold and break away from any self-limiting pattern, any self-limiting behavior, any any behaviors that you would deem to be negative, you can transform them into something positive due to our brain's neuroplasticity, able to create new neurons. For all, y'all are listening. I know y'all are smart. Y'all know what I'm saying. Y'all know what I'm saying. I love neuroscience. I'm a, I'm a huge nerd too. I will be talking more about that on a different episode and I'll get into it and talk about how is it that our brain is so freaking magical 
and the neuroscience behind mindfulness and meditation, which, oh, yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be a good episode. But yeah, let's, let's, let's bring it back into the family and mental health. So I don't have the most supportive family. You know, I, I'm looked at as the black sheep of my family because of how outspoken I am and how I've put boundaries, you know, and gone, I'm not going to be spoken to this way. I'm not going to be treated this way just because I'm your daughter, just because I'm your niece. Like I'm going to be treated with respect. And when you put boundaries like that with people who don't want to respect your boundaries, well, then those people will huff and puff and they will resist. And it's usually met with conflict and you can choose to disengage. And that's been one of the best decisions I've ever made in my entire life to disengage. One of the hardest, if not the hardest actually, but the best because my life is so peaceful now. It's so peaceful and it feels so good to have the universe. My own, I created my own little universe and it feels so good to have them here. My, my friends are my family and not only that, but I have myself. And it took a really long time to incorporate self-love and to reassure myself that I got me and that no matter what happens and who wants to be in my life and who doesn't want to be in my life, I'm never going to leave me. I got me. And that was... A super emotional day, let me tell you that. That was a day that I was like crying in the shower and I was like, yo, I don't know if these are my tears or if this is the water falling, what's going on? But like, I got me, I got me. It was really interesting. My neighbors were like, yo, are you, you're always crying. Just kidding, they don't say that. Um, my neighbors were like, is there a cat dying in there? What the hell's going on? I'm like, nah, I'm just crying, bruh. I'm just crying. I totally have some issues that I'm like fixing right now. Like that's what's happening. That's what's happening. Are you sure a cat's not dying? No, bro, it's me, bro. I have issues. I have issues. We could have sworn we heard two cats. Listen, I know the no pet policy. There's no freaking cats here. I really want two cats, by the way. But yeah, I got me. And you got you. And we all got each other. You know? And we're, we're, always, we're always hearing about self-love, self-love, self-care, self-love. And what the hell does that look like, right? What does that look like when you don't have a supportive family who even believes in self-love or self-care? What if you have a family that only cares about religion? Or I don't know, what if you have a family that just doesn't even know where to begin? Like, how do you give yourself that self-love, right? What do you do? How do we practice self-compassion? We're always hearing about how important it is for you, because it is. But how the hell do we practice that? Wow. That's what, ow, I just cracked my neck. <laughs> Let me do that again. So, well, that's why I'm here. No, but like, legit, I, I will give you the practical tools to to uh, practice some self-compassion and self-love 
exercises that I practice on my clients. Now, for those of you watching on video, follow along with what I'm doing. And for those of you listening on audio, still follow along with what I'm doing. And I, I promise you, y'all are gonna feel much better over time. This is a self-compassion exercise, again, that I teach my clients. It's very simple and it, it may seem silly at first, okay? It may seem silly, but I promise you that over time, if you keep practicing this, you will feel so much better and you will create a loving bond with yourself. And I'll totally get into the neuroscience about that in a little bit. So for those of you watching, for those of you listening, everyone, my imaginary cats, my neighbors, everybody. So I want you guys to hug yourselves, okay? Start by giving yourselves a hug. I'm trying, I'm wearing a very tight leather jacket and I'm kind of losing my freaking uh, breath right now and cutting my circulation, but I'm doing it, okay? So we're gonna hug ourselves. Oh, this feels really good already. What we're gonna do is that we're not gonna hug ourselves too tight, but we're not gonna hug ourselves too loose. So I want you guys to be comfortable with just giving yourself a nice hug and when you're able to put your elbows down a little bit and just have them rest. So just like this. And I don't know if you, and for those of you watching on video, I'm kind of rocking back and forth. I'm not causing myself to rock back and forth. And the reason why I'm doing this, it's pretty great, it's all neuroscience. It's because the mammalian care system has been activated. And that's when a baby's born, a mama gets the baby and bonds with the baby, okay? And so what happens usually? What, what do moms usually do with babies? They rock them back and forth. With, you know, but it's called the mammalian care system. And this creates bonding. Now imagine you're hugging yourself right now. So you're creating bonding with yourself. Now how? Just by a simple hug? Yeah. But the neuroscience behind that is that when you're doing this, it releases oxytocin in your brain, okay? It releases oxytocin, which is the cuddle hormone, the bonding hormone, which is released when you hug people. And so what you're doing is that you're also telling yourself, hey, I'm allowing someone into my safe space and this person must be a safe person if I'm allowing them to be in my safe space, right? Because y'all wouldn't hug, you know, a tiger. I don't know, I just thought of a tiger because I thought of Tiger King and I, I really want to see what else they come out with it. But you know what I'm saying? Like y'all wouldn't just like hug your toxic ex, right? I wouldn't. So I'm trying to say is that we all have a safe space and you're allowing yourself to come into the safe space. So you're telling yourself, hey, I'm a good person. I'm a safe person. I feel safe. And that is one of the main components to creating self-love and self-compassion, the ability to feel safe with oneself. So for those of you watching, continue to practice this exercise. For those of you listening, you guys don't, just kidding, please don't listen, I'm, I, that was a joke. Okay, hug yourself for, for three minutes, okay, the first day. Some of you are gonna rock back and forth, some of you aren't, that's okay, 
but y'all just keep hugging yourselves. And every day, try and increase it by one minute. So tomorrow, do four minutes. The next day, do five minutes. You know, in a month, you're just, you're going to want to marry yourself and like not even date and go out with anybody. Trust me. <laughs> I'm going wedding ring shopping with myself tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be forever alone. So, no, I probably am though. Because like I have a Venus in Scorpio. So it's going to take a very, a very intense person to come and sweep me off my feet. Not going to lie. Because, like, I'm someone who, like, wants people's soul. Okay? Like, I, like, I, like, want it for myself. All right. So, I'm making myself very attractive on my own video podcast. I'm attracting a ton of suitors. And that's, I'm going to wrap this up. So, I hope, so, I hope you guys got something out of this episode. Self-compassion exercise. Self-love. You can give that to yourself. You got you. We got you. We're all in this together, you know, and and it's tough to come from an environment that isn't supportive, you know, whether it be your family your uh, just where you grew up, your neighborhood, whatever. Right. It's tough. It's tough to come from an environment that isn't supportive on mental health and dismisses your needs and dismisses, you know, how you're feeling. And no, you got you. You know, it sucks to come from those environments. It does. It really sucks. Not all hope is lost, though. Okay? If I can do it, y'all can do it. All right? Not all hope is lost. There's a ton of resources out there. Talk it out with somebody. Talk it out with, with talk, talk, talk. I can't say that enough. Tell your story. Because in telling your story, you're healing yourself and you're healing others. Just the way I'm doing this, this is why I'm doing this podcast. <clears throat> because it's also healing for me. It's very healing to talk about this with you guys and to connect with you. And I love hearing your messages of, I can relate. Wow, I've been through that too. And it's like, yeah, man, we're not alone. We're all in this together. And that's what creates bonding. That's what creates understanding. And that's how we can create positive change. By all of us realizing that we are not alone and that we can all rise up by lifting each other. So I love you guys very much. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you guys next week. Checking out.